Hello everybody, welcome back to the show. This is show number 10, you're listening to The Armed Ape. I am your host, Tony. On the last show that I did, which was episode number 9, I uh, mentioned that I was going to do a review on the uh, Camelback Mule. And I wanted to go ahead and, and do, talk a little bit about that today. What we'll do before we get into the review, let's talk a little bit about what our categories, our criteria, excuse me, is going to be. And that is, whenever we review a product or a class or anything like that, we want to ask ourselves certain questions so that we can kind of apply the same stuff uh, to whatever, uh, same categories and same criteria to whatever we're looking at. And then we can kind of tell that way whether or not something's worth the money, whether it's hype, you know, we'll hopefully be able to cut through a lot of the, the marketing and the slick presentation of stuff and get down to, does this thing really work and is it worth me spending my money on? The criteria is, number one, what is this thing designed to do? Number two, how well does it do it? Number three, what are some of the cons? Number four, what are some of the modifications that I would like to see made by the company and number five is, did I make any modifications or do any? And if I did, did it make it better? Did it make it worse? Did it really have no uh, practical effect on what I'm using? Okay, before we go any further, let's go ahead and get some of the contact info out of the way. If you want to give me a, uh, send me a review in the form of an MP3 or just in a written email type thing, you can send those to me at thearmedape at gmail.com. And again, that's all going to be one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. And again, you can either write your review out if you have one or if you have questions about something uh, that I've gone over or if you have suggestions for things that you know, we, you'd like to see reviewed. Uh, send those to me and we can put that out. And even if I don't have a particular thing, there's probably somebody out there that listening that does and, and wouldn't mind maybe doing a review. Uh, again, what we'll do is if you uh, wanted to send me a review, but it's a, a form of an MP3, the uh, best way to do that is once you make your recording is to go ahead and send that to me through something like uh, transferbigfiles.com. Again, these guys aren't a sponsor or anything. I know I mention them all the time. They're the ones that I use if I needed to send something big through them uh, to somebody else through them. A lot of times on bigger files, your uh, mail client only lets you go up to a certain amount of information before they'll say, no, it's too big. And by doing it to bigfiles.com, transferbigfiles.com, well, the way it works is you upload it to their server. They keep it for seven days. And if the person that you're sending it to hasn't gone to their server and downloaded it, then they just delete it. Excuse me. So um, that's a way to go ahead and do the uh, review and be able to get it to me. Or, now remember, I do have the voicemail. And I got another voicemail from, uh, and I'll play that here in a second. And But let me go ahead and give out that voicemail number. It's area code 206-339-3266. I'll go ahead and give that number again. Area code 206 Three three nine three two six six. The only kind of limit you would, I guess, you could say, is on that thing is that it uh, does have a five-minute limit where it'll cut off after five minutes. But actually, to, to jabber jaw on there for five minutes is a pretty good amount of time. So if you didn't want to do an MP3 or you didn't want to do a review 
maybe through the um, uh, uh, through email, just where you're writing it all out and have me read it. What you can do is you can call up the voicemail and just as long as you have it kind of written out and sort of scripted, if you can time it to where it's under five minutes, then you can leave it on the voicemail. I I have to say, usually the quality has, has been pretty good. I've been pretty impressed with it. So again, if you want to do a review that way, or if you just have questions or you just want to say hello, um, or you have ideas on things that uh, you'd like to see me talk about or review or specific equipment, um, then we can go ahead and do it that way. Just as kind of a, a thing to throw some stuff out there as far as what I wanted, uh, some of the things that I'm going to try and review that I have. Uh, I've got, like I said, I'm going to do the Camelback Mule today. And I've also got some other kind of camping or bushcraft uh, equipment and stuff. So things like knives, things like even a hatchet, things like... Um, folding knives even if they don't even have to be for for camping or for going out into the woods it can be something like i have a, uh, a kershaw leak which is a little folding knife a little assisted opener it's a really neat little knife uh, so things like that if you have um uh, well let me say i was like i said i was going to talk about some of the stuff that i was gonna that i'm planning on reviewing in the future and one of those things is something that i really like I have had for years and years and years, I had an old uh, 1945 World War II stainless steel canteen. Uh, I think I've had that thing, I, I, I don't even remember when I got it, uh, I just kind of sort of all rem always remember having it. Uh, and I don't know if it was something that maybe one of my older brothers had, or was something that maybe my dad had gotten or had laying around, that type of thing. Uh, but it's actually dated from 1945. It's it's still good. I use it. I've cleaned it. Um, since it's stainless steel, it doesn't retain any of the flavor. Well, anyway, I'll get into this stuff later on when I'm going to do the review. So if any of you guys have any experience or any questions about some of the old canteens, what to look for, what not to look for. Uh, and I've recently, I never had the cups. And they're, they make two kinds of cups. And one of them is... Uh, uh, it's got the handle that kind of folds up underneath, and then the other one has got sort of the butterfly wings handles that kind of come back, and you can kind of wedge them in, in inside one another, and then they'll kind of lock a little bit. So I'd never had any of the cups, and I'd always wanted one. And I actually got off of, I think I got it off of, I think I got it off of eBay. I don't think I ordered it off of some guy's side. I'm pretty sure I got it off of eBay. And I got a couple of the stainless steel, and they're the butterfly handle kind. And I also have the little uh, canteen cup stove. I bought one of those. I think I got that for like seven bucks. And uh, a lot of this stuff, you know, you can find uh, on eBay or find on Craigslist or find on other things. And the secret to the success that I've been able to get with getting this, a lot of this stuff, and in fact, that's where I got my Camelback Mule from, was I got that off of eBay. And when I got that, I think I got it for... Um, and this is with shipping and everything, like $40, I got the the Camelback Mule, it came with a brand new bladder and a, a brand new uh, uh, bite valve and stuff, and then I also got just a regular, what you would call like a hydration carrier, and I, that was all part of this guy's auction. And so I also, and that came with a 100 ounce bladder, so I got, I thought I got a pretty good deal, I got two of those. 
things on there. Uh, and the one that I use the most is the Camelback Mule, just because it has some outside pockets and stuff. But I'll get into that a little bit more when we come back for, and, and do the review. So I guess this is kind of a long way to go around uh, um, getting the uh, contact information. So let's go ahead and we'll do that one more time. If you want to email me, like the show, hate the show, never going to listen again, always going to be a listener, I'd love to hear from you. Go ahead and say what you want on the, um, on the voicemail, same thing, say what you want. So if you want to send me the email or an mp3, thearmedape at gmail.com. If you want to send a voicemail in, area code 206-339-3266. All right, let's take a quick little break, and then we'll be right back, and we'll jump into the um, the voicemail that I got, and I'll, I'll talk about some of the couple of emails that I got after that, and then we'll go ahead and do the review. Oh, you know what? Before I forget, I also want to take the um, time to thank everybody that's gone over and done the survey. If you go on the Armdape website, which is thearmdape.com, there's a survey. Uh, for those of you guys, I'll kind of peel the curtain back a little bit. For those of you guys that just listen and aren't really sure of kind of some of the ins and outs of doing a podcast, certain recording, uh, certain hosts, I guess is, is where your, your server is and where your shows are actually kind of stored, so to speak, on the internet, um, some of those hosts will give you download statistics. The one that I use, one in one, sort of gives me stuff, but I can't really tell. So there's a service I use called uh, PodTrack. And what they do is you, when you do a show, you kind of, again, this is sort of technical junk, but you sort of redirect your show through them. And what they can do is then they can tell where it's downloaded from, how many times it's downloaded, and so you can get an idea of what your numbers are, and then they give you that. And what they what they want to do is they want to be able to say, well, we provide this service to you as a podcaster, and then what we can do is take, um, once we you can get an idea of how many people you've got, if you want to have maybe an advertiser or try and get a sponsor, we can try and hook you up with that. And part of the way that they do that is they they want you to put a survey thing on your site, and then that way they can look and say, oh, okay, well here's here's who we see that listens to your show. Um, maybe we can run a spot for a, you know Cabela's or Bass Pro Shop or something like that, or um, you know Knives.com or something like that. May want to may want to run a spot on your show, and then that way I could get a little bit of money. Now I don't know how much it would it would be. I would like to be able to have a couple of sponsors just from the standpoint of to help pay for the cost of um, hosting the show and paying for the domain name. It's not like a ton of money, so I, I wouldn't even have to have probably more than one or two sponsors. With the nature of this show, though, I don't know if it's ever going to get like super big. I think I've got almost... Oh almost 400 people that listen not quite 400 uh, and that that's some of the downloads that doesn't really count maybe people that have gone and just listened on the site uh, but anyway the reason i like the pod track thing is because it lets me know the amount of people that are downloading kind of what country it comes from and now it doesn't do anything like it gives a person who downloads it their address it'll just basically say like you know united states or germany or china or wherever um 
the majority of my listeners are in the in the U.S., which isn't surprising. But the second kind of most uh, uh, the most downloads I get from region, which kind of did surprise me, it's it's sort of a tie between uh, China and Canada, which I I didn't really expect that there'd be a whole lot of downloads in China. So uh, if you guys are listening in China, ni hao. That's all the Chinese I know. So, Oh, I also know Ye Ye, which I think is Grandpa. Uh, but anyway, um, long story short, kind of more rambling here. I wanted to thank everybody that took the time to go ahead and do that survey. If you haven't done the survey, I think it only takes a few minutes to do it, maybe about three or four uh, and again, it may help out the show. Like I said, I don't know if they'll ever uh, be able to find a sponsor for me, maybe because our show isn't that big um, as far as, you know, total downloads and things like that. So, but anyway, more more so than, than grabbing, trying to grab the sponsors and stuff like that, I just wanted to, to say thank you to the people that did do the survey. I think I've got like five or six people that have done it. Quite frankly, I didn't really think anybody was going to do it. Um, so I was... I was very pleasantly surprised that somebody did actually take the time out of their day to go ahead and do that. So I, again, I wanted to say thank you guys for that. Message we meant it for the best. Then. Bl- 
reasons I'm asking for support With this I aim to misbehave Birds beyond us keep on flying Soaring reckless This boat my Birds beyond us keep on flying Soaring reckless This boat my Birds beyond us keep on flying Soaring reckless This boat is my check out a couple of the emails that I got. I got, I think I mentioned last time that I got an email from Jens and he was going to do a um, review on the uh, Lee Pro 1000. I've got that. I'm going to hold off on that and maybe do that review on show uh, maybe 12 and uh, that way it'll give me a chance to kind of get my thoughts together on my Lee single stage press that I've got. Also, if any of you other guys out there reload, have something different um, other than a Lee, or if you've got a Lee, go ahead, if you want, send in a review on that. Now, I also got an uh, email from uh, Richard, said he was enjoying the show, and he has actually sent me a review on the, um, the RAT uh, RC5 knife, and I think uh, RAT stands for Randall Adventure Training. Um, and so I've got the review on that, and I'll probably, I think I'm going to go ahead and do that one next week, and I'll go ahead and do a review of a couple of knives that I have. And again, if you guys have, if you're listening to this and it's been uh, a couple of months down the road, and you want to do a review of your own knife, or if you have uh, the RC5 and you'd like to throw in your two cents, you know, feel free to go ahead and do that. So I wanted to say thanks uh, to Richard and to um, Jens for sending that stuff in. I did get a voicemail, and I'll go ahead and drop that in and play that here. Hey, Tony, this is Ross from Illinois. Just calling to say that I love your shows. This is for the Armed Ape. Uh, great work. Have a good day. So to everybody that wrote in and called in wanted to say thanks, it really is a big pick-me-up to get a, a voicemail or emails from you guys. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into the review. Now earlier I had mentioned that I had gotten the Camelback model off of eBay. And uh, when I got that, like I said earlier, I think I paid about 40 bucks total in shipping and I actually got the current mule and I, I also got one that was just a hydration carrier. Now both of those are in a, uh, I guess you'd call it like a desert camo pattern. And it's not the digital, but it's the old style. I actually prefer the older style camo patterns to the digital stuff. Um, that's just me. I, I, I don't know. Um, I've, 
what I've done when I've gone out uh, camping and out to the desert sometimes is I've taken the, some of my equipment, that's the camouflage or the, the, uh, uh, the desert stuff, and I'll, I'll kind of put it down and then I'll walk back a, you know, a few yards or so and just see how well it blends in. And one thing about the, the desert stuff, it does have kind of light greens in it and browns and tan, but it's good not only just, uh, not just for the desert, but it actually can kind of blend in and stuff up in the mountains because there's all those colors are up in the mountains as well. So, uh, anyway, let's go ahead and jump on the review. I'll go ahead and describe what it is first and then we'll start doing our criteria. It's, it's basically a, uh, a pack. It's got two uh, pockets on the outside. The lower, the, the pocket on the bottom is bigger and on the inside it's got like a little organizer thing for pens or paper or maybe a map. Uh, on the outside of the lower pocket are three sets of the Molly or the Pals webbing. And on the upper pocket it's just an open pocket. It's relatively deep. Uh, then on the, um, I, I guess on the side that goes right next to your back is another zippered compartment, and that's actually where the bladder sits. The one that this was designed to take was the 100-ounce bladder, so that's basically 3 liters. Uh, you can um, put smaller size bladders in there if you wanted to. They'll fit in there, uh, no problem. So you can do a you know, 72 or a... I'm not sure. I think they've got a 50-ounce bladder. I'm not, I don't remember, but uh, the bladders that I have, I have one that's a 72, and I have two that are 100-ounce bladders. Um, so the backpack, uh, th those are pretty much the compartments there. It has the regular um, uh, back, the straps, the shoulder straps. They're not super robust or anything. The back of the pack is padded a little bit. Uh, to kind of give you a little bit of airflow through it. Um, it has a uh, strap on the top so you can pick it up. And it also has a, a pretty much a rudimentary uh, waist, waist belt uh, that it, it can work. It's pretty much a uh, like a one-inch nylon uh, webbing. It's also got some D-rings on it. It's got four, uh, four D-rings, two, one are, are right above the shoulder straps. The other are kind of by the base of the of the outside pocket. Uh, it's also got a couple more D-rings on the shoulder straps and a couple places where you can use it to route through uh, your your hydration hose and stuff. It's made out of, I believe, uh, heavy duty excuse me heavy duty Cordura. Uh, it's really it's actually really tough. It's pretty lightweight until you fill it up with water and then that water you're you're lugging around almost a gallon so just in the water weight alone you're probably looking at almost six pounds uh which can which can get heavy i have found with this usually going on day hikes and things like that uh, the pack fits kind of well on me and uh, i found that that water weight when you're walking around is pretty negligible uh, it doesn't get too heavy. So let's talk about what this thing is. What was it designed to do and how well does it do it? In my opinion, it was designed to be primarily a, a day pack or a scouting pack. And so in that regard, it does quite well. Uh, this isn't something that you're going to take for long overnight, you know, for a long hike and, and doing an overnight somewhere and then coming out the next day. You don't really have enough 
pockets and stuff for that much food. I mean, you could push it and you could make it do that, but that's really not what it's designed for. I think it's primarily designed to be, uh, again, maybe a day pack. You're going out on a, uh, let's say you're scouting a hunting location or you're just out goofing around. Um, and you can use it for that. Uh, it's real convenient as far as for uh, having the tube and drinking out of it and everything so you don't have to uh, stop or do anything as far as, you know, take it out and pour it out and drink it that way like a regular canteen or a stainless steel bottle. That is kind of it in a nutshell. So I think it does what it designs to do. Now, the cons about it, let's talk about a couple of those things. Part of... I, and I think one thing that's kind of a design flaw a little bit on this model is when you have the bladder in the in the back of the pack and it's full, that thing kind of, um, the bladders are, are, are larger on one end and they kind of taper down and then when they're full they kind of poof out. So it's almost kind of like a cylinder. And when you've got that full bladder in the backpack, what happens is on that lower pocket, that full bladder kind of comes in and it it um, it pushes into that pocket space. It doesn't do it so much on the top one, uh, but that bottom area that's where it kind of it 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 pushes it in. It, it kind of intrudes on that space a little bit, and it's not like you see it, but it pushes that pocket out if you kind of know what I mean. And uh, so it makes it to where you can't have a whole lot of stuff in there. One way to get around that is if you don't fill your bladder up as much, then you can kind of you can shove some things in there. Um, but that's one thing that I thought that that could have been done a little bit better. Uh, I also would have um, other other than that though. I mean, it's relatively robust. I, I think that it, oh, it also has on there. I forgot to mention it has a chest strap uh, or a sternum strap is what they'll call it. Um, the other than that you know the top pockets the top main pocket is uh, is is pretty spacious but again uh and i would i kind of in one regard would like to see maybe that the waist the waist bat um excuse me the waist belt on there it's it's permanently attached and i kind of would have liked to have seen that maybe be able to come off or just have a little bit thicker thing on there but then i know you get into kind of having a little bit of extra weight and stuff like that um what mod now okay so that's going to lead us into and those are some of the cons there that's going to lead us into what are some modifications that i would like to see done now i'd mentioned earlier that they that it does have um the pals webbing or the molly webbing on that lower pocket and to give you an idea of kind of the size what you could do if the old um the military canteen pouches that they use you can actually fit two of those side by side uh, right next to each other on that on that lower pocket. I usually just stick one of them on there um, and it, it sits right in the middle and it sits pretty good. That way you still have room on either side if you wanted to do another couple small pouches. What I would like to have seen them done on, on this particular model is I wish they would have done some more webbing up on the top, on that top pocket. And again, because the when the bladder is full, it does push into that lower pocket, so it does take a lot of space away. So that if you had some webbing up on the front, up on that top pocket, rather, then you could you could actually attach another couple of pouches up there, 
and you could make up for some of that lost cargo space. And then again, if you didn't want to use it because it's just the webbing, you don't have to. Um, and you can, uh, with that with that canteen uh, pouch that I use, um, I usually will carry some uh, extra water. I again, I remember I'm in Arizona and I'm down in the uh, in the basically in the Phoenix area, and when you go out camping out here, especially if you're going out into the desert, there's really not a lot of water to be found. Uh, so I usually end up having to take a lot of it with you, and so that's why I use that. But uh, if let's say if I felt that I had enough water in there, I've still got that extra pouch, and that helps. But I, again, I would like to have uh, one some more pals or Molly webbing up on the top. Um, it, have there been any modifications that I have done? Really, unless you counted attaching um, attaching that canteen pouch to the outside, there's really nothing that I've done. Um, and, and I really wouldn't consider, I don't know if I'd even consider that a modification because I'm using it kind of as it was supposed to be. That was one of the design elements of it. So I don't really think that I'm modding it out too much. Now, having said the fact that it does kind of, when the bladder's full, that it does kind of pooch into that or push into that, uh, that lower pack, you can fit a surprising amount of stuff in there. Uh, again, though, you're not going to be able to put like tons of food in there, um, and 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 uh, cooking equ and equipment to cook with it. You know, unless you're going to cook maybe over an open fire, there's not a lot of room for that. And that's why I'm saying it's more of kind of like a day thing as as opposed to maybe an overnight deal. Although you you could use it as an overnight pack, uh, but if I was going to go go out camping. I would, uh, and I was going to be spending a night or two or a weekend out, I would want to definitely have a bigger pack. Um, uh, one other thing I kind of forgot to mention, it does have um, drain holes on the, on the uh, back where the, where the bladder sits in that pouch. It also has one on, the, uh, on both of the pockets. So that's nice so that if you did have something that was in there that was wet, it, it could at least drain out and get some air in there and dry out a little bit. But other than that, um, like I said, there's really no mods that I've done to it. All in all, though, if you're looking for something that's going to be a real good day pack where you can have a lot of water with you, that's not bad. It's, it's, a, it's actually a pretty decent little pack to take. I suppose if you weren't going to take water with you, if you weren't going to use it as uh, and have that bladder in there, you could probably put some stuff in there. So let's say that you were going to go to a place where uh, maybe there's a stream and you're going to take your water filter there. You're going to boil your water when you get there. Um, then you could probably use that as an overnighter because you, you'd have a little bit more room. You could probably fit a little bit more of your equipment down in there. Um, there's really nothing on the bottom of the pack. Some of your bigger backpacks will have the molly webbing or the pals webbing on the underneath so you can attach stuff to it. This doesn't really have that. Um, and it, it's kind of a little too small for that. I don't think it would it, it would serve the purpose of it. Now, having said that, you could, if you wanted to, on the on those lower D-rings and uh, that are plastic. And, you know, that's maybe another thing that I wouldn't mind changing is if I ever break those D-rings off, I'm probably going to get some metal ones, prime them, you know, and, and maybe reattach them. Or you could even use some carabiners if you wanted to go through there and just get something that's a little bit more sturdy. Also on the, um, I'm looking at this thing here. Also on the, the carry handle, uh, 
it's pretty robust. I mean, but it, it's it's plenty robust to get the job done, uh, and for what the the pack would be intended to use. A lot of times, what I'll do when I go out, if I if I'm taking my old, uh, I've got one of those old farm, um, excuse me, army shovels from the. It's actually stamped forty four, I think, uh, from World War Two. The, the kind of folding shovel that comes down. On the one thing that I kind of discovered is that I can take um, I can take the shovel and shove it down through that carry handle, and then when it gets up to where the actual metal shovel head is. It fits right in there and it kind of locks in so I can carry that with me. Uh, other than that, like I said, not too bad of a pack. Um, pretty much worth the money, especially if you can get one maybe used off eBay. Uh, I, th I think they've got a, uh, a bike model or one that's designed maybe primarily more for bike trips and things like that. And that has a little bit different configuration. So on some of those newer ones, they may have addressed some of those issues. Um, I I still think I would rather I would prefer this one. What I may do is I may look at that uh, the webbing pattern, that Molly webbing, and see if I can. Uh, I'll just get maybe a little strip of nylon. That's all those web things are, just nylon anyway. But I'll, I was thinking about maybe getting some strips of nylon and trying to sew them on myself. And see if I could maybe make a, a couple of rows of attachments up there. Uh, I don't think it would be that difficult to you know just get a nice good heavy duty needle and, and sew it through. So I may try that if I do that in the future. Uh, I've, I've, that's kind of one thing I've always thought about, and I've just never gotten around to doing it. Primarily, there's a couple of reasons. I don't have the I don't have the nylon strips, and I also don't have the I need like the heavier duty needles I think to get through it and. Uh, I don't have any of the thread. I'd probably need a good nylon wax thread or maybe a good Kevlar thread. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for the reviews today. Um, some of the stuff, again, let's go back to some of the things that I want to talk about in the future. Like I'd mentioned, that old World War II canteen, the cups. Uh, I also have a, um, it would have been considered a, a Vietnam-era issue, but they're the, the uh, mess kit. The actual little thing that's the plate and the the uh, the uh, two what's the word I'm looking for the two compartment little plate thing and then the um, the little handle that folds out and it's the skillet and I know that those really weren't designed for you to go out and use basically to cook all your meals on and stuff like that I know that they were designed initially that you could go through basically a chow line. And get your food, and then you could go and sit and eat. But I'm gonna do uh, uh, do some cooking things on that with it, and see how I like it. Uh, that's also some stuff again with that canteen cup and the uh, my canteen. I want to take that out the next time I head up north, and I'm gonna try and do some cooking in that, and do some boiling, and see what I think about that stuff. So it's time to whip out my pimpkin and beat some knowledge into your heads. So listen up, motherfuckers. This is the part in the show where I talk about some of the other podcasts that I like to listen to. As you guys know, I'm a member of Gun Rights Radio Podcast, and uh, you can go over to um, that site, gunrightsradio.com, and you can find a whole bunch of different podcasts that deal with Second Amendment stuff. I'd recommend uh, my buddy Eric Shelton. He's got a podcast called The Handgun Podcast. Also, there's Tom, Carl, and Stan over at The Gun Dudes Um there's one called Liberal Guncast that I really like a lot. Uh, but basically, there's tons of them over there. They're all real good. So if you're a Second Amendment guy or you have uh, 
maybe you just want to check that stuff out. Maybe you're really not a big gun person. Go ahead and check out some of that other stuff. Again, my other show over there is Firearms Cafe. It's a little bit more family, uh, excuse me, family friendly. So there won't be as much cursing or uh, other that kind of bullshit that I like to do. So um, let's see, who else? Uh, in the movie realm, I'm a big movie fan. Uh, I like B-movies and older movies and stuff like that. In fact, I just finished up watching Django. I'd never seen that before. That's a western, uh, spaghetti western out of Italy. And that was done in 1966. It's got stars Franco Nero. A uh, really cool little old western. It's funny you when you watch those old movies, uh, you know you see a lot of stuff that is basically lifted from them. So I think the movie was, I think it was Tombstone, where they had uh, the the gang was the cowboys. It was either Tombstone or Wyatt Earp. I get those two confused. Tombstone was with Kurt Russell and. Uh, Wyatt Earp, I think, was with Kevin Costner. And uh, I think it was Tombstone was the one where they had the cowboys and they all wore the red sashes. Well, that comes right out of Django. Um, also, there was a character in Django named Ringo. And, and he was you know, one of the guys that wore kind of the red stuff. And so that, that was also in... Uh, um, I, I want to say that was in Tombstone. Like I said, I get the two mixed up. So if I was wrong on one of those two movies, let me know. Drop me a line, let me know. Uh, but the the movie uh, and I the reason I watched Django is and I'd heard about it before, but one of the podcasts that I listen to is called B Movie Cast, and that's with Vince Rotolo, and then he has a co-host that comes on there, a guy named Nick Brown, and that was one of their movies that they were reviewing. So I wanted to watch that, so I got that on my Netflix queue and popped it up pretty soon. Oh, you know that reminds me of another thing. Is anybody out there got the thing where they do the Netflix that streams right to the TV? And if you do, let me know how that works. Let me know about the quality of it, if it's any good. We're, our TVs are getting ready to take a crap, so we're going to be upgrading. And I wanted to get one that did that Netflix stuff, but I'm not 100% sure on how that stuff works. So if anybody out there knows that, go ahead, drop me a line or leave me a voicemail and let me know on that stuff. Uh, let's see, what other podcasts am I listening to? There's one that I have been listening to recently. It's called the HP Lovecraft Literary Podcast. And it's got a couple of guys on there. And they're out of California. I think they're involved in the entertainment industry somehow, but or they may be independent film people. On their show, they kind of break down the different stories and things like that and talk about it. And they do it kind of in a real fun manner. Uh, but they also bring up lots of good points. Um, if you are wanting to uh, get into Lovecraft, that may be a way to do it. So you'll be able to kind of get into some of the history and some of the underlying stuff of it. There's also a um, another one called Cthulhu. I think it's just called Cthulhu. Uh, and that has to deal with a, there's a, the guys out of England. And he does a thing where he reads stories and then they have uh, people that write in and do their own stories that kind of have a Lovecraftian uh, slant to them, so to speak. If you're looking for good, just regular old, uh, just good stories and good fiction, go over to scottsigler.com and check him out. Like I've, I've pimped him on here before a bunch of times. The guy is just a phenomenal author, uh, very good storyteller. It doesn't matter what he writes about. I, I really enjoy it, really like it. Uh, his stuff is, again, it's adult in nature. He doesn't really pull any punches. Um, and he, he 
when he's talking about stuff and doing stuff kind of in like the the uh, uh, the preambles to the shows and things like that, if you don't kind of or if you're not in on the joke, he kind of comes off as sounding kind of full of himself. But it's all part of a kind of a persona or kind of the joke. So once you know that, it's real enjoyable to go ahead and listen to him and goof around with him. Uh, but the guy is, um, I actually think he's a real down-to-earth guy, uh, and he gives everything he writes, he, he podcasts, so he puts them out on the air for free, and the hope is that you'll, you'll like his stuff so much that you'll actually go out and buy the books, which I've done. Um, and, I, and this way, it's a way where you can really directly support a guy who's doing stuff, and because he's been so successful, he was able to get a um, publishing deal he had some with some independent publishers kind of before, some smaller houses, and then he was actually able to get on with Crown. So uh, now he's actually got a little bit of money and stuff behind him, and he's able to, I, I think, uh, he'll be able to give out a lot more content. Um, but if you're, I, I think I'd mentioned before, if you're a football fan, he's got a story called The Rookie, which is a really cool kind of combination of sci-fi, excuse me, sci-fi and, and uh, sports fiction um real very entertaining and i didn't i didn't really think that i would like it at first but after the first probably well really after about the first episode the first podcast episode that he did on that story i was hooked i really liked it uh let's see what's some others here i'm gonna actually take a gander here at my old eye touch and uh you know that's maybe one thing i'll do a review on too I know the show's going a little long but i don't care it's a podcast if it gets too long you can just pause it and come back and listen to it later uh, let me see here. Pop, pop, pop. Uh, oh, another kind of neat one again, kind of more on the firearm stuff. These are older podcasts, but it's uh, Combat Focus, and it's by Rob Pincus. If you just type in Combat Focus on iTunes, you'll get it. Um, let's see. Oh, there's some movie ones here. If you like a lot of zombie fiction and zombie stories, there's a really cool one called The Library of the Dead. And... Uh, what that one does is the guy that that um, sort of is the host of it, he has lots of people that sends him in stuff, and sometimes they read the story, different authors, sometimes they'll read it. Usually he reads all the stories, and uh, sometimes he'll do like full production on them. But if you're a big fan of zombie fiction and things like that, it's a really good podcast to listen to. Uh, let's see here. Um... I have a lot of interest in like um, electric vehicles and electric cars. There's a, a podcast called the EV Cast, uh, which is pretty cool if you if you're interested in that stuff. And you know, there's tons of stuff out there. If I find anything that's interesting, I'll always be sure and let you guys know. All right. Well, I think that is going to do it for today. Uh, I will uh, talk to you guys uh, next time. I try and do them once once a week but honestly that stuff just doesn't doesn't seem to to really work out too often that life kind of gets in the way and you know your family and stuff has to has to be the priority and this is uh, again it's all just for fun and everything hopefully as a maybe as our community grows we'll be able to get a little bit more out of it uh, again a big shout out and a big thank you to the guys that have uh, sent in reviews and things like that for me uh, either written or mp3 style all right, later, monkeys. This guy's got a monkey scrotum, and he's bragging about it. Houdini!